Stampede. Garner isn't number 54. Recorded 7 5 2020. Who do you trust? Well, it's often said you shouldn't trust anyone, at least without verification. We base our trust on people in lots of ways. And to speak freely about this, over my 75 years of existence, I've trusted every dog I lived with. And I might say, every one of those four-legged animals had different personalities. Subtle, but different personalities. The honest truth is, dogs don't think like us, but we accept them into our lives because we trust them. And somewhere in our own existence, we want to share our lives with them as friends and even members of our family. The facts are, we want to show our capacity to love. 
For some reason, I still have the desire to touch a dog, to scratch behind its ear, or rub its back, to scratch its underside. And dogs let us do that because they trust us. It's a two-way street with a dog. They like us because of what we do, and we like them because they fulfill a need in us to reach out and say, we like you. So for me, it's boiled down to this. I trusted all the dogs I lived with more than my fellow human beings. Of course, I trusted my mother and father, my sibling, and even my extended family, cousins, aunts, and uncles. But beyond that, trust has always had to be verifiable. And maybe some would say that's sad, that I should embrace my fellow humans. In many ways, that's what religion tries to teach us. Tolerance, compassion, understanding, forgiveness. But it's not just religion that does that. We find it in our language, in what laws we believe are important, what our music says, what we write about. Our trust is a cultural thing. So maybe some people are right when they say that I've missed out in a lot of things because I believe I trust a dog more than my fellow humans. Well, trust is one thing, but I don't run in a pack of dogs. No, I have to interact with my own culture because I'm different than a dog. I could remove myself from society and go to Alaska and buy a patch of land in the wilderness. 
and build a log cabin. But alas, at my age, that's a little too late for me. You have to be young and strong to do that. Besides, I like listening to music, looking at beautiful art, reading about history, going to the grocery store to buy food to cook. I sit around and think about what's important, trying to figure out what things are all about. So in many ways, I have to trust, but it doesn't mean I'm happy having to do it. I was always happiest being with the land, with the lakes, with the rivers, the forests, and the mountains. That's what I could believe in. It was a part of what I was, where I came from, not the culture of trust I inherited and have been forced to live with. I'm what you might call retro. I believe in creativity, not destruction. I like looking at Caravaggio paintings or reading Mark Twain or looking at a Rodin sculpture. There are some artists I don't particularly like, but I'm free within my own culture to refrain from accepting what they're saying. I'm not a big fan of modern art, but it doesn't mean I'd destroy it, even if I had good reason for doing it. No, I like knowing history because it can tell me something about the future. Now, considering my age, the future horizon isn't very promising. But then again, my Garner Isn't Show has been telling you about what's happened. I go to great lengths to explaining that. I like to tell you what you've become, because I'm not like you. I believe in things that most people don't anymore. I've grown to distrust, and for good reason. I'm not like you, because you believe what you see is all for the good, that you're going to end up in some shining city on a hill. Well, that isn't going to happen to you, and I'm damn sure it's not going to happen to me. Maybe I'm right. There's plenty to distrust in this world. Lots of things that don't add up. I needn't trouble you with some of the economic fraud that exists today. I don't know whether we're the great economic power that some people say we are, or whether we're an economic basket case. There's plenty of debate on that score. 
And when a country is in debt to $25 trillion, there are plenty of reasons to say it's on shaky ground. So that age-old question of who do you trust seems to be a fair question. Like that Dragnet TV show with a L.A. police detective character who said, the facts, just the facts. Well, sometimes the facts can be brutal. As I've said, I like reading about history, and I enjoy looking at beautiful art. It's usually a toss-up for me to read about ancient Rome or ancient Greece. I love eating Italian food, and I'm no stranger to Greek cuisine. So when reading about how slavery was conducted during the Roman Empire and Greek civilization, it's just about equal. Slavery was an economic reality for both the Greeks and the Romans. Now, that leaves me at a crossroad. I love looking at Roman art. They're straightforward painted murals of Roman life, unearthed, nearly perfectly preserved, and the ruins of Pompeii by the eruption of the volcano Vesuvius. But then again, I love looking at the different styles of Greek architectural columns designed to support Greek buildings. The Ionic Column, or later, the more ornate Corinthian Column. Yeah, I'm at a crossroad when looking at ancient Roman and Greek art. And you might ask why. Well, they were both societies that had an economic system of slavery. So much so, a father who was suffering some financial difficulties would offer to sell one of his children into slavery to improve his economic condition. Now, that's a fact, but it doesn't cause me to lessen my enjoyment of looking at ancient art. No, it wouldn't cause me from moral outrage to spray graffiti on a wall of the Pantheon in Rome. I believe in creating, not destroying.
Now, the Pantheon is an unusual Roman building. It's nearly 2,000 years old and remains the largest concrete free-span dome in the world. The building is still being used. At the very center of the dome, there is a circular hole for viewing the sky above. You might say, for 2,000 years, the Pantheon has had a permanent leak in its roof. In fact, when it rains, water strikes the marble floor below and is drawn off by an ingenious drainage system. Think of that. A 2,000-year-old structure still used today with a permanent hole in its roof. Well, I would no more think of doing harm to that magnificent building because it was constructed by a society of slave owners than I would to do serious harm to myself because it belongs to my culture. It may not be a perfect culture, but I belong to its art and I respect that. I don't destroy my cultural art because quite honestly, if I did, I wouldn't know what to replace it with. You couldn't replace the Pantheon in Rome, even if you wanted to. So, to be blunt about this, if people want to destroy the sculptures of historical figures because they were slave owners, I'd like to know what culture will replace it. I know for a fact there isn't a culture free of injustice. And quite honestly, I believe the people that are destroying sculptures around this country aren't capable of creating beautiful art. In my estimation, they're hollow people, only capable of anger, and are dangerous. I don't like people like that, no matter their moral outrage about injustice, because if you want to know the truth, Moral injustice exists in lots of ways. Do I believe consumerism has created fraud, deception, and violence in our culture today? Do I believe it has created another pernicious system of corruption that produces a form of slavery? Well, yes, I do believe that, but I don't destroy to make my point. I don't burn down a forest because on the farm I grew up on, my family planted a 25,000 pine tree forest, and I'm proud of that.
like I said, who do you trust? In this country, a lot of people have been standing at the station waiting for the train to come. Unfortunately, that may never happen. Maybe the train never existed. This country has been built on a lot of promises, some that can never come true. Well, the reality of who and what we've become can end a lot of those promises. You can live believing that everything is going to be all right. I escape into the past to see how things were, because in many ways, I don't want to face the reality of the here and now. A lot of people don't know or even care about the past. They're only concerned with the now. If you don't know the past, you can be deceived in the now. For 50 years, consumerism has told you all you needed to do is consume, and you won't have to think about anything else. Well, something so small, you can't even see it. Something so small, you can't even smell it. Something so small, you can't even feel it, has come to change a lot of that. The facts are, you haven't been free, and consuming can never replace creating. COVID-19 has dramatically stopped the illusions. And there are people who believe if you destroy the images of the past, everything will be better. But you can't see. You've never escaped slavery. When I was seven years old, my parents decided to put our farm in conservation and had two men plant with a tree planter 25,000 seedlings on our land. I grew up with that forest, the forest my parents created. I'm not like you. I live by a different reason. Well, if you want to destroy your past, if you're willing to destroy art, your culture, do you really believe you can be trusted? I see the deceptions the corruption and violence consumerism has brought. The Pantheon was built by Roman slaves, but I don't advocate destroying it.
Do I trust the people that are destroying statues? The French Revolution lasted for over 14 years. But you know what? I loved living in France, especially in Paris. In every part of that city, there are beautiful works of art. And French culture says, we want to feel, eat, see beautiful things, not destroy who we have been or who we will be. In this world, injustice exists in lots of ways. Injustice is in my culture, injustice in black culture, in oriental culture, and yes, even the Inuit culture in the Arctic. I look for those who can create, not destroy, because creating lessens the injustices. I've always trusted the dogs I've lived with. They can't create a sculpture or a painting or music. They belong to something else, the past world we were a part of. It's a world where our art, our culture should look to not the economic system of profits that have deceived us. This week on Garner Isn't, you heard music by Raphael Bose, first Lorenz in Fla, and then his score, The Cartoon, followed by Cyril Mockridge's Moriarty, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, then Bernard Herrmann's piece, Nightmare on Elm Street. Finally, works from George Fenton's original score of the television series Planet Earth, Hunting Dogs and Flycatchers. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.